Hey guys, just wanted to let you know that the episode you're listening to was originally a Facebook Live video that I've repurposed into an episode. So if I'm ever referencing something um, visually that you can see, keep that in mind when you're listening. So thanks for listening. Hey Nick. Yes? Do you like <laughs> horror movies? Oh, you know I do. Do you like weird, extreme, taboo, and cult horror movies? Of course. They're okay. my favorite kind. Well, I've got some news for you. Because MVD Entertainment Group and the popular Rue Morgue magazine have teamed up to launch the Midnight Movie Society. What? Yeah. They are a curated subscription video on demand service specializing in extreme underground, taboo, and cult horror movies. Now... Genre fans can gain access to a film library of shocking underground, outrageous gore, creature features, cult classics, and much more. Those with a taste for the weirdest and wildest reaches of genre cinema will not be disappointed. The bigger platforms are catering to the masses and have gone puritanical in many cases, making it very difficult for filmmakers to reach their audiences, says Ed Seaman, COO of MVD Entertainment Group. MVD has a great deal of this type of content, and when it is live on major platforms, it performs really well. Maybe too well for some of the mainstream platforms. The Midnight Movie Society will also cater to more traditional horror fare as well, pulling from the thousands of film hours from in MVD's vast catalog. In addition, Rue Morgue will also be finding and curating fresh and unusual content for the service. Adriana Dober, Director of Programming, says as larger streaming platforms continue to crack down on content, there's an urgent need to create a space for boundary-pushing films unencumbered by strangling content restrictions. That I don't know why that word was so hard for me to say. <laughs> strangling. Strangling, especially given the content. As a lifelong horror fan, I'm proud and excited to be working with MVD Entertainment Group and genre champions Rumor Magazine to bring Midnight Movie Society to the masses. Rumor Magazine is a name that everyone can trust. It's actually a horror magazine I used to buy back in the day, and they're Canadian, so you know they're extra fucking weird. And nice. Yeah, and nice. Best of all, Midnight Movie Society is supplying all of our amazing listeners with an opportunity to get on board and try the service out for themselves. If you go to www midnightmoviesociety.com you can save 33% off your first three months of Midnight Movie Society by using the promo code SHAMELIST SHAMELIST! SHAMELIST! We have our own promo code! Yes, you heard me, you will save a whopping 33% on your first three months. That's just insanity to me. So, once again, go to www.midnightmoviesociety.com and use the promo code SHAMELIST S-H-A-M-E-L-I-S-T Shameless. No spaces. No spaces. All one word. Shameless. It's like you're yelling it at someone. Yell it at the promo code, but also make sure you type it in. Hey, do you like weird movies? You do? Have you heard of Vinegar Syndrome? Find them online at www.vinegarsyndrome.com. Vinegar Syndrome is one of the leading exploitation and grindhouse preservation and distribution companies in the world. They've got a simple three-step process that I call the three R's. Recover, restore, and release. Vinegar Syndrome has an amazingly large film archive consisting of thousands of 35 and 16 millimeter negatives and prints and are actively finding films that are underappreciated, undervalued, and underseen. So many of their releases have never seen the light of day since VHS, and they're restoring them to all their glory. Some of these films do not have the right to look as good as they do, 
but they do. I'm looking at you, corpse grinders. Vinegar Syndrome has their own method of restoration where their goal is to recreate the theatrical experience as best as they can. With their own in-house lab, they scan, color grade, and restore each title personally. You'll never see any grain reduction and digital trickery on their discs. Vinegar Syndrome is a very exciting label, and we're proud to have them as a sponsor. They've been with us since the beginning, and we love them for it. Check out their website today and pick up your copies of Rudy Ray Moore's Dolomite films, just in time for the new Netflix movie Dolomite Is My Name, starring Eddie Murphy. Also available is Hell Comes to Frogtown, starring Rowdy Rowdy Piper, James Hong's The Vineyard, Pledge Night, Lust in the Dust, starring Divine, Putney Swope, the Amityville Cursed Collection, and much, much more. Also, don't forget to pre-order your copy of Tammy and the T-Rex in glorious 4K Ultra High Definition or Blu-ray and the oh, Angel shit. Collection. Once again, be sure to visit them at www.vinegarsyndrome.com and grab yourself something cool. Let them know your good friend Michael sent you. Today's episode of The Shameless Picture Show is sponsored by Mill Creek Entertainment. Mill Creek is the industry leader when it comes to value price DVD and Blu-ray features and compilations. They have one of the largest catalogs out there, ranging from kids programming, classic films and television, independent cinema, documentary, and Latino cinema. Hell, they even produce their own content in-house. Mill Creek is a trusted partner with some of our favorite studios, including Sony Pictures, Walt Disney Entertainment, Warner Brothers, CBS Home Entertainment, and many more. And the best part about Mill Creek is how easy they are to find. Mill Creek has deals with thousands of big box stores, grocery stores, drug stores, and practically any other retailer you can imagine. Trust me when I say I've owned plenty throughout my time as a collector without even realizing it. They're a name I can trust. Some of my favorite releases include Can't Hardly Wait, Night of the Living Dead, House on Haunted Hill from their Vincent Price collection, the complete series of Quantum Leap, the complete series of The Secret World of Alex Mack, and of course, you're the hunter from the future. Head over to www.milkcreekent.com, that's milkcreekent.com, and see what their collection has to offer. I guarantee you'll find something great. Hello to another episode of Michael's Quarantine Video Bonus Bonanza Extravaganza. Hey, Paul. It's nice of you to join in. Uh, yeah, I still don't have a really good working title for this, but, you know, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm here along with my delicious can of AHA. Still trying to get that product placement. Uh, my good old Mondo Lucha hat because I need to hide the quarantine hair. Rocking a Mickey Mouse shirt. It's, you know, very on brand for me. I'm up here in my recording office slash studio and uh i'm explaining all this because for those of you who listen to the podcast know that i also use these as bonus episodes so i am here to let you guys all know i'm, I'm essentially killing two birds with one stone and going to just mention that i if you're listening to this on the podcast this was once originally a video update for those of you watching here you get to see you know all my imperfections and mess-ups and all the shit I can't cut out when you're listening to it. But, uh, yeah. It's, it's a, well, I guess let me, now let me do my intro. 
podcast actually discusses movies. Be aware that it may discuss any of the following elements, endings, surprise twists, unexpected cameos, and all manner of spoilers. If this doesn't appeal to you, why listen to a movie podcast? Without further ado, please enjoy our feature presentation, The Shameless Picture Show. Hello and welcome to another bonus, quarantine bonus episode, gotta roll up the sleeves, of the Shameless Picture Show. I am Michael Viers and I'm up here in my bonus, I don't know, I keep saying bonus, I'm up here in my recording studio slash office. Um, I've been trying to change things around a little bit to make it a little more visually appealing. I got the I got the radio right here along with the VCR, television unit, PlayStation 2 that's not currently hooked up. That I realistically only hooked up so I could throw on a Criterion DVD and calibrate the television. I got my record collection there, the mask, my Vincent Price shrunken heads. Um, and then uh, within the next couple weeks, this room's going to change. You, uh, This kind of weird cream-colored wall that it's no fun for anyone is going to become purplish. Wait, no, yeah, it's going to become purple. So our office colors are going to be orange and purple. You don't get to see the orange because it's on the stairwell coming up with all, along with all the autographs and movie posters and everything. But that'll be fun. That'll be a little more visually appealing. Uh, so that way, hopefully, people will stop thinking that this is a bedroom, which it's not. Well, technically... In the grand scheme, if you're ever buying a home, fun fact for you, anything that, a room that's got a closet is officially considered a bedroom. If a bedroom does not have a closet, it cannot be considered a bedroom. So, technically, this is a bedroom. How are you all doing? Um, as of right now, I've only got one person in the chat room, so please, 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 say something. Let me know what's going on. Let me know you guys are listening, that you're enjoying what's going on. But, uh... Yeah, how are you guys doing today? Oh, I'm doing good, Michael. Oh, yeah, me too, guys. Um, I don't know how many weeks I've been out of work. It's not been many. I want to say it's like three or four. It's, it's coming up on a month if it hasn't been a month already. Um, and crazy things are happening in Wisconsin. It's a weirdly beautiful day. You can hear the birds chirping if you listen quietly. Yeah. You got the birds chirping. Vinny's laying here on the floor with me. He's passed out. And uh, all things considered, it could be far worse. Uh, things are getting crazy here in Wisconsin, though, for those of you who aren't listening or who, who aren't keeping attention. Um, Tony Evers, our governor, has a, had a stay-at-home order uh, in effect for a while. And uh, apparently our, our Supreme Court uh, vetoed it and places are going to start opening again. So I don't know what that means for me. I don't know if that means my work is going to bring me back and unfurlow me if I'm going to be sitting home for a while. I don't know. It's it's crazy. Um, I would love to go back to work. I'd like to have a steady stream of income and not have to deal with unemployment and all the fear that comes with that, especially as I've only got so many weeks of that. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. It's It's scary man like uh like part of me likes being at home i part of me really likes making time every day to write and to podcast and to do all this fun stuff and talk to you guys even though no, you know it doesn't really feel much like a talk right now because it's just me talking into the void but you know uh, it, it's it's bittersweet um but what have i been doing to keep myself busy in quarantine well now that i've finally gotten a rhythm 
because the first week or two is weird because it's like, oh, I got all this free time. So, you know, I'd play video games. I still watch a lot of movies. I work movies into my schedule. Um, but, like, it was pl- playing a lot of video games. It was trying to do st- some stuff around the house so that way Amanda, my wife, didn't come home to a messy home and whatnot. And I'm still doing all those things. Whoa, there's a bird right outside the window. You see how loud that is? That's insane. So the co-host on this episode is a bird. I don't know if you guys can hear it, but it's really fucking loud for me. Um, uh, what was I saying? Oh, what I've been doing. It, it's really come down to c- keeping a schedule. Um, so what I do in the morning, I usually get up around 6 to 7 a.m. I will eat breakfast with Amanda. We usually will watch like a TV show. Like right now we're working through the Clone Wars. Star Wars the Clone Wars because I've seen little bits and pieces of it. And Amanda hadn't seen any of it. And we're enjoying that. We also do have a love for bad reality shows like House Hunters. And there's a lot of fucking House Hunters on Hulu. Though we prefer House Hunters renovation. We don't want to watch people buy a house. We've been there. We want to watch people renovate a house. Yeah, that's the good shit. Um, So we'll usually watch something in the morning. And then we'll have breakfast. Usually some sort of cereal. um, Whole wheat cereal. Because it's good. like uh, shredded mini wheats or brand cereal, because it's fucking good for you, man. And you gotta, we gotta watch out for our health. <laughs> Vinny, our dog, just sighed. Yeah, he's not having this. Um, but you gotta watch out for yourself. And uh, we're trying to live a better life. I don't feel like I've really lost any weight, but I don't think I've gained any either. So that's good. I'm eating better. I'm not gaining weight during quarantine. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's, uh, I'll do that, and then usually when Amanda leaves, uh, anywhere from 8 to 8.30, sometimes a little earlier than that. Vinny didn't like that. Um, I'll watch something, so whether that be a movie, um, TV show, what I've been finding works really well is, I was watching Fosse Verdon, which is about Bob Fosse and Gwen Verdon, and I was loving that, but it was only eight episodes, and I'm done with that. What I have been watching... And I see there's one person in the chat room. Please fucking say something so I know you're there. Uh, what I've been doing is I love horror hosts and um, everything from uh, the, his name is kind of been brought up a lot lately with Joe Bob Briggs, um, a Mystery Science Theater, Sven Gulli, all that stuff. And what I kind of love about it, and I didn't realize I liked this, was. They take an hour and 20, hour and 30 minutes, sometimes an hour and 20 minute movie and break it up into anywhere from half hour to 45 minute bits with their interruptions, interstitials and everything. And it kind of works really great as a TV show. So like I'm really behind on the Mystery Science Theater 3000 reboot that's on Netflix, um, knowing that, hey, I could just watch until they interrupt the movie do that once or twice a day and kind of it, I'm going to slowly work my way through it to watch these things because I've always preferred the pacing better of a movie than I do a TV show I like TV shows and there's TV shows I really like but I'm not much of a binger a, TV, a movie for me it's 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 a clear and concise well-told story not always well-told but it's a clear and concise story over 90 to 110 minutes um easy to digest a tv show i don't want to feel like I have to watch 10 to 13 hours to fully get a story uh, and they're extremely well-made TV shows. A lot of TV shows are very well-made, but I just don't like this bait-and-hook type feel. And then uh, feel, I often feel like there's a lot of like stuff that's not important to the story uh, that are thrown in. So TV shows aren't what excite me. There are some that I really like, and there's some that I really relate to. And 
there's always gonna be shows I go back to. Like I'm, I really want to go back and like for the third, fourth time rewatch Eastbound and Down because while that is a TV show, it's relatively short episodes, not many episodes per season, and it feels like they're really trying to craft a story. Um, for me, I like endings. I like endings. So, like while I love The Simpsons, I am always, I usually want to go. I I usually want to watch TV shows that I feel like are building to something. So with The Simpsons being kind of an example. Um, I haven't, The Office is fun. I watched all of The Office. I don't, The Office is not a show I go back to all the time because I, unlike, I, I want it to have a little more story going on for it. And I know I'm, con- I'm contradicting myself with my love for The Simpsons, but you know, I'm a, we're humans. We contradict ourselves. Might as well just jump right into what I've been watching. So obviously I, I'm watching more than just what I'm reviewing this week uh and ever since i got the 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 vhs player up here uh sorry the vcr up here um it's kind of opened up new shit that i can watch but i guess let's talk before i get to the three titles i i've talked about i'm gonna be talking about i obviously did just watch the original 1984 Ghostbusters and the 2016 Ghostbusters for the next episode of the Shameless Picture Show. So keep an ear out for that if you want to hear what me and Nick think about them. Um, and he teased at the end of our Alien episode that he just put Ghostbusters, the original, into his top five of all time. So what did I think about Ghostbusters? You're going to have to tune in to find out. I'm not going to tell you now. Um, Brain Damaged, I just watched. The Frank Henwater film was a first-time watch for me. That film blew my mind, pun intended. I thought that movie was a phenomenal exploitation film, and t- I think everyone should go out and see it. Um, I rewatched No Country for Old Men literally before I came on here, and that's one of my all-time favorite movies. I'd probably put it in the top ten. I think it's a masterpiece. And then um, I just, for the first time, saw Charles Band's film Trancers. It's... It's a crazy Terminator ripoff in all the best ways. There's also a little bit of Blade Runner in there. Um, Trancers is playing on Tubi TV. Highly recommend. Highly recommend. Trancers and Brain Damage. I recommend both of them. On top of that, um, on top of watching stuff, I've been writing. Me and my best friend, Kyle Arpke, we are... We both realized it's been a while since we've written something, so we wanted to get back into it. So what we've been doing is uh, we've been doing weekly meetups we've only had one thus far um and in these meetups we um are developing a new we're developing both doing our own script but we're writing a new script and what we're doing at these meetups is we are kind of i've been teaching kyle the save the cat method of screenwriting the blake snyder method uh and we are beat sheeting currently so trying to get all those those beats down everything you know from you know your opening image to your setup, your theme stated, catalyst, debate, all that good shit. So, um, pardon me, Tuesday, we're supposed to meet up and talk again. And in that, we should we should have all the way up to our midpoint. If not midpoint, at least to our break into act two. Um, for people who don't write screenplays of this stuff, so I'll just gibberish to you, don't worry about it. And then Tuesday after that, we should have the entire film beaded. Uh, at least our 15... Um, regular you know starting beats and then from there we're going to put up a board and we're going to fill in the other 40 beats so and then we're going to write fuck yeah uh i'm i'm rewriting doing a page one rewrite pretty much of the of a slasher film that i wrote many moons ago um at my grandmother's 
cabin, cottage, house, whatever, in Virginia. Uh, his original title was the Hayside County Massacre, and has now been retitled Swine. And I don't know if that's gonna stay. I've always had a love hate with single single word titles, but when you're writing a, a film like this, sometimes those titles work, and you know, you can. It's very easy to put on a box like Swine, fucking evil pigs and shit. So. Yeah, cool, man. I think that'll be good. Um, uh, I'm not going to tell you what Kyle's writing because that is between him and himself and that obviously me, but, you know, it's not my place to tell you. So we're going to talk about a couple titles today. I think I'm going to talk about them in order that I watch them, which actually, funny enough, I actually might be the order in which I enjoyed the most. So first off, we're going to be ta talking about a title from Vinegar Syndrome. It's my good friends at Vinegar Syndrome who have been with us since the beginning. You're going to, sorry, my nose ring is bothering me. It's just so fuck off. Um, they've been with me since the beginning. And yes, you're going to hear me tell this story all the fucking time. But first off, Malabimba, aka Malabimba, the malicious whore, which is a kind of aggressive title like i don't i don't know if i necessarily like that title very much but it's a it's an italian sexploitation comedy <laughs> i mean, i don't know why i said comedy it's an italian sexploitation film it is not a comedy so back of the box says bimba played by Cattell lanik lives in a gothic castle with her family however after her family conducts a seance to communicate with her dead mother Bimba begins acting in increasingly strange and perverted ways. With her father at a loss for what to do, he invites a beautiful nun who resides in the castle to try and help get her under control. However, the sister soon suspects that Bimba has become possessed by an insatiable, sex-starved demon, which will stop at nothing, including murder, to fulfill its depraved and unholy desires. Yeah. From the warped and deranged mind of one of Italy's foremost purveyors of top top quality sleaze andrea bianchi who did burial ground and strip nude for your killer how is that for a fucking title comes one of the most shocking and blasphemous pieces of sexploitation cinema ever made malabimba co-starring giancarlo del duca uh patricia webley and mariangela giadarno giadano sorry Vinegar Syndrome is proud to give this notorious hardcore exorcist riff its worldwide Blu-ray debut, newly restored in 2K from its original 16mm camera negative, and presented here in its fully uncut and uncensored 100-minute version. So, Malabimba is a sexploitation film. I don't know if this is an official definition, but I'm going to break down to you Michael's rules of sexploitation versus porn. Like I said, I don't know if this is an official definition. This is just my def definition of how I define the difference between sexploitation and porn. Because in my personal opinion, they are different. They are very similar and they have a certain uh, vein of commonality. Um because sexploitation was a very popular genre for a very long time in the grindhouse theaters, and specifically before porn was legal to display in a theater. Um, so they could have porn-like content, but it wasn't necessarily porn. So my golden rule for porn versus, versus exploitation is story first, sex second. Um... So that's my biggest rule, is in a sexploitation film, for it to be for what I describe as a sexploitation film, story must come first, sex second. The hardcoreness of the actual acts itself does not matter to me. Um, 
because in a, and I've <laughs> I feel like I'm no expert, but I've reviewed enough porn for vinegar syndrome that at this point I have seen enough of it to know that for myself, the ones that I gravitate to are the ones that are trying to tell a story. It's they're not just trying to be like, okay, every five to ten minutes we need to have some pee going into V. They and the story is just interstitial. It's it's not important. Whereas with Malabimba, what I liked about it, what's let me check my notes again. Um, they hinted at sexual happenings. So from the seance all the way until the first 20 to 25 minutes, they're hinting at things going on. Uh, and they're hinting at the randiness of characters. Um, and But we don't get any real sex until 20 minutes in. The story goes that they that the producers inserted huh, scenes of hardcore stuff. I didn't know, didn't, don't know the way I was necessarily trying to word that, uh, into the film after the fact to sell more tickets, and the director didn't realize. And I, I almost feel like I can see where it happens, because there's a lot of sex in this film, but then it has, like, these really pornographic, exploitive shots, which, you know, whatever, but it, it, it doesn't feel like it was original intent in any way, shape, or form. So, for me... Um, and then on top of that, the sex scenes that are in the film, they don't drone on like they do in porn. Like at one point I was texting my wife and I told her I was at one point I was 47 minutes in and there was only one scene, fair amounts of nudity and, you know, a scene or two of, you know, flirtation and light masturbation and like that. So that's my golden rule. As I said, story first, sex second. And uh, I think Malabimba does a great job of balancing that because it is an exorcist ripoff to an extent. I, I can see it. it's a possession film, and I guess any f possession film to come after The Exorcist feels like an exorcist ripoff. Um, but it took place in a gothic castle and had a lot more to do with nuns. And um, story itself was fine. I guess I don't remember a whole lot about the story, uh, but I will say I remember being invested in it. Um, and because it was, uh, it's kind of like the same thing of a slasher film where with a lot, of, at least the slasher films that I usually, uh, get behind, they're not prescribing to the, okay, every 10 minutes you need to have someone die. They have someone die when it feels right for the story. The sex in this movie feels the very same way where it happens when it feels like it needs to. They don't go on very long, and by the time that, usually when I review other titles from Vinegar Syndrome and I start getting bored of the scene, I'll fast forward, the scene usually ends about then. So, that's kind of cool. The film is a little scandalous and taboo, because they do hint at, they don't even hint, they show um, um, characters who might be related to each other having sex. Not related in real life, related character-wise. Um, but all the acting was was surprisingly really good. Everyone felt committed. I cared about the characters. Uh, the actress who plays Malabimba, I thought was really good because when she was getting possessed and she was doing things out of the ordinary, I cared and felt for her. Because um, normally I don't care very much for a lot of the a lot of the porn titles that I'm sent in. I haven't gotten a whole lot of true sexploitation films yet from Vinegar Syndrome, uh, but this one actually might be one of my favorites and would be one of the the few titles that I've gotten from in, in this genre of film that I think I would definitely keep. And I'd probably return to again because I thought it was shot very well. The little bit of effects there were were pretty shocking. It lit very well. The music was pretty cool. Um, I found myself really liking Malabimba. If anyone here is listening has seen Malabimba, let me know what you thought of it because I went in expecting like the Pink Ladies or her name was Lisa... 
and some of these other, you know, pornographic titles that Vinegar Syndrome sent me. And I got something that is very much in line with that, but also very interesting. And I'm not condemning porn at all because it's a very important part of film history. Pretty much as soon as they figured out that they could film something, they filmed people naked. It's just, that's how it works. And it's interesting how many directors have had a, have dipped their toes in both porn and not porn. It used to be kind of like a rite of passage. It was a good way, especially back in the 60s and 70s and even part of the 80s, to get experience. You could shoot this because Vinny's back. He, he, he regained interest. Um, you could shoot something and learn pretty much everything you could. You learn how to make a movie. Yeah, people are having sex, but who cares? You can learn to make a movie. And some of them are pretty good. I'm never going to be like a historian. Like, so you, you go to the Vinegar Syndrome fan pages, and there's people who really get excited for the porn titles. And they who don't necessarily get excited for the, the horror and exploitation titles. So it's like Vinegar Syndrome is really interesting because they found this niche. So Malabimba. Um, I, it's not, I'm not going to recommend it for everyone, but if you do have interest in the more... Uh, X-rated side of Vinegar Syndrome, but don't want to necessarily go into a full-on porn film because that don't have a whole lot of... Um, I don't want to say redeeming qualities because that's the wrong term. It's like for me... But it goes back to my definition. I, it, I want it to be a movie first. I want there to be a story. I want there to be production value. I want there to be characters that I'm supposed to care about. And if there's going to be sex, fucking have it. I think this is a great place to begin. Malabimba, a.k.a. The Malicious Whore. <laughs> Which, God, is a terrible title. So, that's one from Vinegar Syndrome. Before we go back to Vinegar Syndrome, we're going to take a, a trip on down to the Crick. The Mill Crick, that is. Get your fishing poles ready because uh, I'm out of creek analogies. I'm sorry. <laughs> Next one is a movie called Eddie Macon's Run. Tagline is, Eddie Macon is running from a nightmare, running to a dream, and running for his life. Back of the box says, time is running out for Eddie Macon. Hollywood legend Kirk Douglas stars with John Schneider from TV's The Dukes of Hazard in the action-packed Eddie Macon's run. He's trapped in a Texas jail on trumped-up charges. He'll do anything to make it back to his wife and child, but if he's caught, he'll be back in the pen for life. Carl Marzak, played by Kirk Douglas, is an aging cop who must prove he can still get his man, and his man is Eddie Macon. The hunt is on in this exciting thrill ride that climaxes in an edge-of-your-seat chase through the streets of Laredo, Texas. I just moved my wife and son up from Florida, and my little boy's got this blood disease, and I was kind of saving up to buy this boat. I don't give a damn about your boat or your wife or your little boy's blood disease, so why don't you just... John Schneider, one of the hottest young stars of our time. Kirk Douglas, one of the greatest stars of all time. Together in Eddie Macon's Run. Here I am alone, trembling to the bone, traveling down this highway on my long journey home. I don't know if I can make it, but without you I can't take it. I can't stand another day. So I've got to break away, it'll be all right. I'm on that road to freedom, gonna be all right. Starting over once again, we'll be all right. I'll leave the prison walls behind me.
Sometimes a man will go further, fight harder, and find more courage than he ever thought he had just to be with the ones he loves. John Schneider, Kirk Douglas, Eddie Makin's Run. To you. Eddie Makin's Run. Let me first say I love movies like this. Uh, movies like this being... Uh, this is not an exact example, but lovers on the run type films, people on the run type films. Uh, the description of this gave me f- flashbacks of, say, something like No Country for Old Men, which I had just watched today. Um, Ain't Them Bodies Saints, David Lowry's beautiful rumination of, you know, star-crossed lovers. Um, films like that. I fucking eat that shit up. Um, especially if it takes place in a small Texas town. Oh, fuck yes. Southerners, action, shooting, chases. It's my favorite genre of action film. Um, if you call these action films, which I personally do. Uh, Eddie Macon's run I went in having high hopes for. And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Let's, um, let me pull up my letterboxed. My letterbox shit. So I gave Malabimba three out of five stars, which in my rating is good. Eddie Macon's run, I gave two and a half, but I still liked it. Um, and I'll explain why I only gave it two and a half. So Eddie Macon's run has a really great beginning scene at a prisoner's rodeo, which was great because I watched it with my wife's friend, Emma, who's staying with us. And she was like, what the fuck is this? And I realized that I, I'm familiar with the concept of a prisoner's rodeo because of movies. And uh, I, I love Southern films that take place in the South. Um, so I was familiar with that. Uh, she was very confused. And so Eddie Macon is riding the prisoner's rodeo. And Eddie Macon's played by John Schneider. Who I did not watch. I've, I've seen bits and pieces of the Dukes of Hazard, But I'm not really a Dukes of Hazard guy. So like... At first, I was like, wait, who is he? Is he Bo, Luke? I, I don't even know the, the Duke's hazard name. I just know, like, here's this guy who's a very unassumingly good-looking. He's not, like, big, macho, fucking strong. He's realistic good-looking. Um, and he's riding the prisoner's rodeo, and he uses that as his chance to escape. He hides out in one of the trucks that they're transporting the cows out with. And uh, you find out he has this big plan um, set up with his wife. Because uh, uh, where she's going to leave clothes and sneakers and everything for him. And he's going to run for and He's going to run to Mexico. Literally running. He's, like, he's fucking huffing it throughout this movie. And he's been training his mind and body to win in a machete fight. Sorry. Uh, inside joke. Uh, I love the walk hard the sto- Dewey Cox story. And anytime someone in a movie says, I've been training my mind and, and or training my body. I always have to say it for a machete fight. Um... So he's been training to get ready for this because Eddie Macon has escaped once and he got all the way to his front door when, what's the cop's name? Carl Marzik caught him at his front door. His wife and kids watched him get taken away. And for whatever reason in Texas, they have, at least in this film, I'm not going to claim Texas really has this, for whatever reason in Texas, they have this prison has a rule that if you escape twice, if you get caught, you're there for life. And um, while they're looking for you, they can shoot to kill. So he knew he had... Sorry, I'm getting notifications. Just set one up front. Um, he's get, he has... It's a big choice. It's not. He's not only just escaping. Because if he gets caught, he's fucked. Pathos. So I really love this setup. But where the film doesn't quite work for me is... 
believe it or not, Kirk Douglas, he's great in this film, but not. Like, and I'm not going to blame Kirk Douglas for this. I'm going to blame the writing of the film. He seems senile as fuck. Um, he's constantly singing to himself. He's taught, which is not a bad thing, but like when you're, cro- when you're kind of a crotchety old man who's trying to figure out if he's still young enough for this job and he's singing to himself just these weird little ditties he talks about feeding his dog beer he just and just the way he's just always slightly heightened his character just comes across comes across comes across crazy and i kind of like that i wish they would have ran with that a little bit more and it becomes a traditional you know um i gotta get my man type story um where i (laughs) halfway through the film i would say it's the b story um eddie meets this young woman who let's see if i have her name eddie macon's run jilly buck how did i forget jilly buck's name because she's got the fucking name jilly buck uh played by lee purcell um she is being abused in the back of a car eddie macon comes by sees this and he can't let this happen so he stops the guy they get into a tussle uh defends defends the guy off and pretty much says i'm sorry but i'm kidnapping you to jilly buck because i need this car and she goes with it because she's intrigued this man saved my life he doesn't seem violent to me he seems scared so they kind of they start talking and he tells his entire story about how he He's been through a lot. I forgot to mention there was a whole fucking almost Texas chainsaw massacre scene at this at this this farmhouse where these guys thought Eddie Macon was 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 stealing their cattle and it gets really fucking weird. On top of that, it's it also has Tom Noonan in a really creepy role. So he's been through some shit. He meets Jilly Buck and she seems legitimately legitimately interested in his plight. He tells about his wife and his kid and trying to get back to see them. She's got money. She's got resources. She's got um, almost a get-out-of-jail-free card to an extent. So she can do whatever she wants. She decides to help him. My name is Eddie Macon. I'm an escaped convict. If I get caught, I'll spend the rest of my life in jail. even you took care of the redneck rapist and i saved you from the posse how did you do that oh a little help from sam seven of course i don't understand (laughs) well we're just even that's all wait a minute who's sam seven it's not a who it's a what now what's your story eddie macon and when do i get my car back 
I spent three years of my life in prison. Three days ago, I escaped from Huntsville. And I've been running. I ran into a little trouble, and I just need your car to make up the time. I've got to get to Mexico. Why Mexico? I have a wife and son. They're supposed to meet me across the border at noon tomorrow. But I've got to get to a hotel in Laredo first. I think I saw this movie. Listen, lady, I didn't ask for this. And I certainly did not ask for you. This is my life. It's not some kind of goddamn game. Do you understand me? If you're through with your Jimmy Cagney impression, I'd like to point something out if I may. I could have easily turned you over to that cop back there, right? Right. And did I? No. So relax. I'm on your side. Why? Guess it's just a slow Wednesday. What I was hoping for is hoping that that this film is going to be a little progressive and give us like a um, platonic friendship type situation um, because Joey Buck's helping him. And yeah, there might be some attraction there, but like he's Eddie Macon seems legitimately dedicated to his family and trying to get back to them. She seems dedicated to helping them. There is a very weird shower scene halfway through the film, which I'm convinced was written very innocently because in the scene, Eddie has been running for days. He's not showered. He's not slept. And she's like, you stink. Her, she being Jilly Buck. Jilly Buck's like, you stink. You should go fucking shower. And he's like, I, I don't have, I can't right now. And he kind of passes out. So she showers him. And I'm sure in the script it was written, Eddie Macon walks, is walking to the shower and passes out and can't make it. Jilly Buck cleans him up, takes him to bed. Like, tucks him in. Seems innocently enough. What we got was a very weird shower scene where she, in the nude, is lathering him up and he's too asleep to give like consent or anything. And it's very weird and, you, and the music's really kind of sexual and you're like, what? And it feels like it feels like a choice. Uh, and you're like, what's happening? Is he going to cheat on his wife? And she gets him out of the shower. He, pass, he, he, he falls over in bed. She tucks him in and leaves. Like, okay, that was weird. That was weird, but it seemed innocent enough. She gets him a new set of clothes and everything, is wants to get him to Mexico because that's where his wife's going to meet him. And she's like, we need to get you to your family. And um, when he finally wakes up, they kind of have a heart-to-heart. It's a really well-acted scene where Eddie Macon tells his dreams, and she's sitting next to him. She's kind of caressing his arm, and it's like, that could be friendly. He's stressed out and everything. She goes to kiss him. He pulls away and says, hey, I've got a family and everything. Okay, then. Tell me about your dreams. Oh, they're just fairy tales, mostly. About being free or running through a field. <laughs> or even swimming bare ass in a pond like I used to. You know, sometimes when I close my eyes, I even dream that I'm flying. <laughs> yeah, I dream that I can just spread my wings out and fly away like in those old corny prison songs. Didn't you dream about anything else? You mean like being alone in a hotel room with a beautiful woman? Something like that. Jilly. You are the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. But, um, 
You love your wife. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I'm love. I wish I cared about someone that much. So there's this weird sexual tension between them that, like, if you're going to have it, I kind of wish it wouldn't have been so obvious. Um, and then, like, near, near the end of the film, she they have this whole thing. It's like, she, he's like, Bill, Jilly Buck, I want to thank you. And she's like, no, let's let's not make this awkward. It didn't have to be awkward. I think it would have been so much more interesting if it would have been like, hey, wife, I don't remember the wife's name. This is my friend Jilly Buck. She helped me get over here. She's a good person. And then they all go have fucking barbecue together or something. I don't know. Um, it the, the tone of the film was all over the place. I had a great time watching this film. I think I really enjoy this film, but just from an objective level the film was just okay in terms of how it's being made but I think there's enough action there's a great car chase sequence Kirk Douglas's fucking insane character um, I, I like this film I like this film a lot uh, it's just like I said I, I try to be as objective as I can in terms of quality and how, how well it's made So, but I, I do recommend Eddie Macon's run if you're like me and you like lovers on the run type films um I do recommend this, and it's from Mill Creek, so you can get it for relatively cheap. Mono soundtrack, good-looking picture quality, which I'm so happy for because Mill Creek is Blu-rays are usually really good, but I, I felt so I had such a bad taste in my mouth after their Outlaws and Con, Con Men DVD Western collection that I watched this hoping to be won over. Yeah, and then I guess we're on to our last title, which might be my favorite thing that I've watched, or I want to say that but my favorite review title that I've watched. It is called Berserker, which has the uh, the subtitle, Berserker, the Nerdic, the Nerdic, the Nordic Curse. Um, it's a slasher film. Let me read the back of the box before I talk about it. You know, I got I to gotta keep up with my own template that I've created for myself. Though it is my show, I can do whatever the fuck I want. Berserker, the Nordic Curse. A group of friends have set out on a camping trip in a rural part of Utah. Huh, I didn't know it was Utah. Although, warned by kindly Norwegian immigrant Pappy Nyquist, played by George Buck Flowers, of a series of recent killings, supposedly the result of a bear, the campers are undeterred and decide to spend the night outdoors, getting drunk and sharing stories of berserkers, ruthlessly violent Viking warriors who wore bearskins and snouts. Not long after pairing off for, off for romantic escapades, they find themselves terrorized and rip apart by a large and violent bear. But is it actually a bear or perhaps a real-life berserker who has somehow been transported to the 20th century? An atmospheric and suspenseful slasher punctuated by moments of shocking violence and brutality, Jefferson Richards' Berserker features expressionistic cinematography by Henning... Shalarup, who shot Silent Night, Deadly Night, and The Boogans, uh, and striking editing from Marcus Manton, who edited Pumpkinhead and Breakin' 2, Electric Boogaloo. Vinegar Syndrome proudly presents the world disc premiere Berserker, newly restored from its long-lost original camera negative. Uh, Jefferson Richard, I believe... I can't remember that name off the top of my head... But I believe he has made some other films. Um, so he only directed Berserker. But he was a producer on plenty of other films. He was a producer on Maniac Cop. He was producer on The Night Stalker. He was a producer on the new 
Get Carter from 2000, Sly Stallone. What the fuck? That's cool. Um, so, yeah. Sorry. That was a little tangent. I, I recognize the name Jeff Richards, and I wanted to know what I knew him from. So, Berserker was probably my favorite thing that I've watched. Um, uh, that I've re- reviewed titles that I've watched. Because, one, I'm a sucker for slasher films. Everyone who knows me knows that slasher films are kind of my comfort food. Where, because I always know what I'm getting myself into with this slasher film. Oh! The dogs are barking. They hear something. I'm going to wait a second for them to calm down. Hopefully that way I can get back to conversating with you. Those of you listening, those of you watching, I'm sorry about the dogs. There's not a whole lot I can do with that. But I love slasher films because it's comfort food for me. I always kind of know what I'm going to get with a slasher film. I know I'm usually going to get a pretty decent three-act structure, which this film definitely has. Um, when they're made pretty well, I'm going to get an interest in whodunit. I'm hopefully going to get some cool kills, uh, hopefully uh, an interesting villain, some crazy music, and maybe some characters I like. If not, they'll get killed in an interesting way, and that's that'll be good, too. Berserker legitimately surprised me because... Hold on. I, I, I This one I did, I did take some notes for, which I don't normally do. Beginning of the film, you get some really general, some Viking spookiness, and you get to see a man in a Viking costume kind of uh, come off a Viking ship, and he's got claws, he's got a snout, and got all this stuff, looking snarly and evil and everything. Some general just Viking spookiness. And then we get a man named Homer uh, and his wife. They seem really charming, really nice. They're out camping. They, they, you get to hold through dialogue that they come out here often, and unfortunately, they get killed. Uh, they get killed by a bear. Ooh. A bear attack film like grizzly maybe we'll see um and then we get the setup there of some rowdy horny teenagers getting ready to go camping what we find out during the setup phase of this film is, and i love that there's i love uh anytime there's a nerdy character that is there to give exposition um that's always great for me um but he's reading a book and we find out that <laughs> the area they're going to is little norway Vikings makes sense. I need to find out if there really is a little Norway in, in Utah. Uh, cop pulls them over for drinking and driving, and this is great because he has got the best, slowest, deliberate pacing. He stares at you for five minutes before he says a word. Uh, he comments about the book um, and about how his cousin has the same book, uh, and uh, he's pretty much slaps their hand, their wrists, and says, I don't normally like tourists being out here because they're stupid. They get them, I'm paraphrasing, they're stupid, they get themselves killed, and they litter. That's the theme. Respect nature, and shit won't happen. Because he says there's a lot of, he gives a very foreboding speech. Pretty much tells them have fun, but you gotta, you gotta, uh, watch out. He tells them to watch out for themselves. Wild animals can attack you. So the theme is survival. And then I, I don't want to, I, I can't talk today. Even just a couple minutes later, they, they meet Pappy Nyquist, played by George Buck Flower, and he gives them the, pretty much the same exact speech. So they're really trying to drive home this theme. Um, once we meet Pappy, we find out that the lead character, Josh, had been, had been coming here all the time as a kid. Uh, a little bit of a strained relationship there. Josh wants to go to a certain camp. It's not available. Bullshit we don't really care about. They Josh ends up taking them to the camp that he wants to go to, much to the, much to the behest of Pappy. Uh, what we haven't found out yet was the old, was the old couple in the film was killed at that camp. 
plot twist, except not really. Uh, and then it kind of becomes a by the numbers slasher film. But what I like about it, one, sorry, the dogs just are some, there's something outside that they're really not liking. Um, our house guest Emma is probably downstairs making sure that they're fine. Um, and um, it becomes kind of like I said, by the numbers slasher film, which is not a bad thing in any way. But what I love about it is I love that the nerdy character who's giving us exposition, he's hooking up. You got the kind of the heroic guy, he's hooking. Everyone's hooking up except for the lead character, Josh. And there's some really interesting scenes of almost, almost borderlining homoeroticism with Josh and one of the other guys. So I'm wondering if there's potentially you know, him questioning himself. I don't know, maybe I'm just adding this onto the film because I liked it so much. We find out as well that Patty and the sheriff are related. Uh, Patty came from the old country, yada, yada, yada. But then the killings start happening. And all the killings are being done by a bear. Or as the back, back of the box says, so we think. It's constantly being intercut with a bear. Um, I'm going to spoil this film right now for everyone listening. So if you don't want to know what happens at the end of The Berserker, please stop listening. Da, 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 da. Okay, you had your chance to get out of here. Um... We find out the bear, who they keep intercutting between every time, um, um, sorry, the bear, they keep, every time little things come up on the screen, I get distracted. Uh, the bear that they keep intercutting between all, during all the killings is out there trying to save them. And there really is a berserker out there killing them. And he's dressed up like a bear. So he's the one with the fucking claws destroying everyone. And the bear's out there to protect him. And they become, then there's a fucking fight scene between a bear and a man dressed as a bear it's insane um yeah i one th what i thought this film did really well was none of the characters got a whole lot of character development but what i liked so much about it is i felt like i i cared about them there was a lot of pathos in this film they i hate and i have exceptions to this so i'm not gonna say it's a blanket rule but I, a lot of times i'll hate a slasher film or any horror film that's trying to be a little too hard to be tongue-in-cheek and trying a little too hard to be fun to me this felt like uh the director um jeff richard uh jefferson richard was out there trying to make a legitimately good film it was working with what he had had good cinematography had good editing got the best actors he could and fucking tried to make something that was extremely earnest and extremely unique ian I, I i just saw your comment you said he's not wrong what am i not wrong about i'm just curious um was it the respect nature thing probably um but something he was the, the film they were trying to make something earnest something interesting and i i can't say i've seen much like this film um i i still only gave it three stars out of out of five which my rating sale is good but i enjoyed the hell out of it um it's one that i want to definitely go back to there's a, and um kind of delve into it a little bit more um i i love in slasher films when folklore plays a factor into it it's more than just a guy with a gun no it's a guy with a, gun, a guy with a knife um i like when there's a folkloric aspect to it and i think some of the more successful friday the 13th sequels do that very well where jason's not just He's 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 a campfire tale. He's hey he's he's the thing that camp counselors tell all the kids about to scare them, um, and I like that there's that aspect in this. I like that there's that aspect in say my bloody Valentine. For me, those are the those are those are the slasher films that stick out the best for me, um, and um, I also like the theme of respect nature, because you know. 
it's the only nature we got. I know that was dumb. Um, but no, I, I like that theme quite a bit, and I like the idea that if they would have just stayed at the cabin, and they could have had sex at the cabin, sure, they would be fine. But no, they just had to go out and get lost in the woods, not respecting the world around them, and bad shit happens. Um, yeah, Berserker, I thought was really, really good. Um, special features include newly scanned and restored in 2K from its 16mm original camera negative. Uh, it's got a feature called A Family Affair, a video interview with writer-director Jefferson Richard, which I've not got a chance to listen to yet, but I really want to because I'm fascinated to know what he was thinking when he wrote this, when, when he made this film. I want to know more about it. Um... I I loved it. Like it's it's it's. I think this film is ripe for rediscovery, in the same way a couple years ago the Mutilator was up for was ripe for rediscovery, and say like Shockwaves has been championing Bloodhook, which I'm a big fan of because Wisconsin, but I think Berserker is ripe for rediscovery. I truly do. Um, there's another feature called Beware of Bears, a video interview of actor Joseph Allen Johnson. Another feature called Valley Girl, uh, which uh, has a video interview with actress Shannon Engman. Engman? Engman. Engman. Let's go with Engman. Uh, Stills Gallery, reversible cover artwork. Uh, They don't mention it on here. Uh, Oh, there's also an audio interview of actor Mike Riley. But there's also an archival um, DVD uh, Blu-ray commentary that comes with the film as well. I love whenever we can get an archival commentary for a slasher film or a horror film that's a little more lost, because they don't. It's usually after the fact that we get these um, um, commentary tracks where we can hear what people are saying. They're, they're talking about it in a current lens, looking back. So I'm kind of excited. Hey, Vinny's back. I'm kind of excited to uh, hear what uh, Jefferson Richard has to say about Berserker. So that's my pile, guys, in terms of, uh, this is actually a really strong pile, now that I'm thinking about it. I recommend all three films. Um, if you love slasher films like me, please check out Berserker from Vinegar Syndrome. If you like a good, eh, okay, but still pretty fun, uh, on-the-run film, Eddie Macon's Run is a good one. And if you want to dip your ta- dip your toe into the triple X world of Vinegar Syndrome with some really fascinating sexploitation, Malabimba. So realistically, I recommend all these titles, guys. Go out and buy them. Um, if you, uh, Vinegar Syndrome does have a big sale coming up, let me pull up information real quick for that um, because you should all be spending some money with them. If you have the money. I get it that things are going on right now. world's crazy. If you have the money, go throw some stuff, go go buy some stuff. And please, let them know that if you buy something, let them know that you heard about it from Michael on the Shameless Picture Show. So that way they know I'm doing my job. Uh, on top of that, also, before I go into the information about Vinegar Syndrome sale coming up, um, Vinny, it's okay, buddy. He's afraid of doorways. Oh, he sees me. He's afraid of doorways, so he's sometimes afraid to go through that door. So he gets he gets a little whiny, and I apologize for that. Um, before I ha- before I do that, um, also if you guys not have che- if you guys have not checked out the Midnight Movie Society yet from Rue Morgue and MVD Entertainment, please do so. Um, 
right now they they've got some new curated sections uh they have one a section curated by a diabolic dvd which features where the dead go to die turkey shoot the sadist notre dame atroz catsick blues driller a sexual thriller oh, that's great um and then um, they also have a new section curated by Grindhouse Messiah, which features, they recommend Turkey Shoot, Emmanuel and the Lost Cannibals, Burning Moon, The Neon Dead. Go sign up for a subscription to Midnight Movie Society, because I'll tell you what, if you use the promo code SHAMELIST, all one word, S-H-A-M-E-L-I-S-T, you will get 33% off your first three months of Midnight Movie Society. Uh, Adriana Gober, who, um, where can this be found? Oh, Ian, this is this is Midnight Movie Society. I'll send you the link right now in the chat. It's a streaming service put out. So once again, MidnightMovieSociety.com. It's a new streaming service put out by Rumorg and MVD Entertainment. Um, they curate they their whole thing is taboo and extreme hardcore type films Vinny, it's okay buddy and on top of that ian and everyone else listening if you use the promo code shamelist s h a m e l i s t you will get 33% off your first 3 months of the service adriana gober who was on a previous episode of the podcast talking about it hooked us up with this really phenomenal deal, and I think you should all take care of it. Uh, I'm going to message you right now, Ian, asking if you got the promo code. So please, take di- take advantage. 33% off three months, and it's already a pretty dirt cheap program. It's like six bucks a month, so you're not paying a whole... It's, it's it, Sorry, five bucks a month, or... $48 a year. It's a fantastic deal. So, please. Vinny, it's okay. Come here, buddy. Sorry, I gotta wrap up soon. Vinny's crying. Um, it's a fantastic deal. Go check out Midnight Movie Society. And please, use the promo code so that way they know I, I sent you. But better, more not to say better, but uh, just to let everyone know, the Vinegar Syndrome on May 22nd, which is a couple days from now, through the 25th, they're doing their halfway to Black Friday sale. Sorry, the cats are fucking with Vinny. That's what he doesn't like. That's what he doesn't like. Um, yeah, Ian, this is right up your alley. Use the promo code SHAMELESS. But anyways, Vinegar Syndrome is doing their halfway to Black Friday sale. They will have the limited release of the film Rad in stock in 4K ultra high definition. Uh, they'll have two secret limited edition Vinegar Syndrome titles. Um, new Vinegar Syndrome archive releases plus four new catalog slips. 50% off nearly everything on the website. They got the legendary halfway subscriber package and much more. So if, please, if you buy anything from Vinegar Syndrome during this big fucking sale, let them know Michael from Vinegar Syndrome. Not Vinegar Let them know Michael from, from Shameless Entertainment. Ugh, can't talk. Michael from the Shameless Picture Show sent you. So if you pick up something that I talked to you guys about, let them know because that's how they're going to know. Ron, you you jumped in right near the end, but I recommend going back and listening because I ta- talked about a sexploitation film from Vinegar Syndrome called Malabimba. I talked about 
uh, a on-the-run film called Eddie Macon's Run from Mill Creek, and I talked about a crazy bear-themed slasher film from Mil- from Vinegar Syndrome called Berserker. On top of that, I gave everyone 33% off their first three months of Midnight Movie Society by using a really cool promo code. You missed out on a lot. But as I said, use the promo code SHAMELESS at www.midnightmoviesociety.com and you will get 33% off your first three months. On top of that, as I keep saying, Vinegar Syndrome's halfway to Black Friday sale is coming. It's coming up soon. There's so many great titles. I'm going to tell every single person in this chat right now that if you message me personally, I will give you a personalized recommendation of something that I recommend. Uh, no, not John Nord the Berserker, but it is a Nordic Berserker. I recommend it. Um, Paul, yes, you also missed it, but go back and watch it. I actually think this is my most concise and probably best um, video chat I've done. And let me ask you, while I've got you all on the chat and you guys are actually talking, from now on, is there days that you think work best for this? Would you, do you want me to continue doing these on Saturdays? Is there a good time um for you guys like i can do two o'clock to three o'clock on saturdays and would you like me to send out invites if you guys i legitimately like when you guys are in this chat and i think it's fun for me um and that way i'm not just talking into the void so please if there's something that you guys want me to do so i already have uh paul he said um weekends is best beyond noon that i can do that you know what because of you paul because you are a patreon subscriber i'm gonna do that from now on, these weekly videos are going to now be on the weekends, either Saturday or Sunday, and it's going to be past noon. I usually try to shoot for 2 o'clock, but maybe I'll do 3. You guys, I love all of you guys, and anyone who actually listens to my podcast and shows support for me, I have so much appreciation for you that please, uh, whatever I can do to make this better, let me know. I do this for you guys, not for myself. Truly. That is what I that, that is what I try to do. Um because it's it's no fun just talking to myself. It's it's truly not. I I do this for all of you guys. And plus, I want you guys to listen to my podcast. I'm gonna I do do it for myself. But you know, I'm proud of my podcast, and I want you guys to listen to it. So, once again, the, th- the three titles I discussed: Malabimba, which. Paul and Ron, I recommend going back and listening to my conversation about this because I break down my rules for what I think separate sexploitation from pornographic, from pornography. So, Eddie Macon's Run, also a good one. Not as good, but a lot of fun. And Berserker, which... I think everyone should go watch it. Actually, I gave it three stars out of four. I might bump, bump this up to three and a half. Berserker's pretty legit. All right, guys. Uh, ooh, ooh, ooh. Last thing before I head out. And since I've got four people here, I'm going to live it up. Um, Patreon exclusive episodes are is coming. Um, because times are tough. Normally, when I launched the Patreon, I made it so that... The the $1 tier got a thank you on the show. You guys are doing a lot. You guys are thanking. You guys are helping me make shit. And I appreciate that. Um, but I've made some changes. 
uh, and I yes okay Ian I will start doing invites I will start doing invites so for next week I'm gonna make sure everyone gets invited gets an invite I I thought about doing these 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 through my own page but since I'm trying to get people to come to the shame list I figured it made more sense doing that um, so on the shameless picture show normally it was five dollars and more you got the you got the um, the bonus audio um, I have changed it for the time being because of everything going on with COVID-19. We all think, I think we all need a little bit of, um, we all need a little bit of entertainment. So, um, for the time being, even if you just donate a dollar to our Patreon, patreon.com slash slash shameless picture show, you will be able to get the exclusive bonus audio plus a thank you message. Uh, that's our concession stand tier. Um, and if you want to show up in your podcast app of choice, let me know, send me a message and I will walk you through the steps to do that. Cause it's not very hard and it's really cool that it just shows up for you. Um, and then we have the auditorium, um, tier in the auditorium tier. Normally you would get the bonus content access you're gonna dollar tier is gonna get that for now on but it's not gonna stay forever bonus content access and a sticker plus you still get a thank you i've added the new section the projection booth formerly the projection booth was our 50 dollars tier but i've added the new 10 dollars tier and named it the projection booth you for all the people that want to know how to get a button for the show, a shameless picture show button, you drop down five bucks, or sorry, $10, 10 bucks, I will send you a button and I'll send you a sticker. Plus you get bonus audio and all that other good stuff. And then we have our marquee. I've changed the name. It's now a marquee Patreon level. It's for $50. You still get the button. You get the sticker. You get the thank you. But you get a personalized episode or guest spot. You get to pick the topic for Michael and Nick to discuss on an upcoming episode, or you can join us on air. Flounder, our first ever marquee subscriber, got his episode where we talked about the raid, and my good friend Paul Dieter, you will be getting yours shortly. Uh, we have to figure out what episode you want us to do. So dropping down, drop down over our Patreon, guys, because our bonus episode this month is going to be a little fun. I'm not going to do a live commentary per se, but since now that I've got the VCR over here, and I can start watching all my tapes. Sorry, gotta wet my whistle. I am going to live watch a tape. And I think it's actually gonna be, because I've never seen it. I'm gonna watch live the Texas, not Texas, the Toxic Avenger Part 2 Director's Cut. But what I'm gonna do, instead of doing a live commentary over top of it, is I'm going to watch it. If I have anything I wanna say or something I wanna add, I'm gonna pause the movie, I'm gonna Ooh, that was loud. Hit record on the thing and talk to my heart's content. I'm going to give you a time code. So if you're listening at home, you know exactly where I stopped. Um, and I'm going to talk to my heart's content about whatever I watched. Stop the recording. Hit play. Watch more of the movie. And if I have something else to say, and just keep doing like that. So that way, you know, you don't have to listen to me drag on for an entire hour and a half movie. And uh, I can say everything I want to say about the Toxic Avenger Part 2 on VHS. And you know what? I'm even going to watch the trailers, so I'm going to comment on those too. So that's going to be our next Patreon episode is me watching Toxic Avenger Part 2 Director's Cut in honor of my, one of my mentors, Lloyd Kaufman. Um, on top of that, if you guys want to hear my experience working with trauma, 
suggest it to the page. Maybe I'll do that as a as a um, quarantine update. So uh, as always, guys, thanks for listening. This has been probably our best quarantine bonus episode yet. We're at an hour and six minutes, now hour and seven, and I love you all. Thank you for tuning in. Bye. Oh, if you're not down with that, I've got two words for you. Watch movies. Bye. The Shameless Picture Show is recorded in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and Easton, Maryland, is hosted and produced by Nick Richards and Michael Byers, and is more often than not edited by Michael Byers. Any TV or YouTube versions of the show to date have been edited by Nick Richards, Tyler Hanna, or Dina Volani. Our opening theme music was written especially for us by The Directionals with narration from Zach McLean. The end credit music you're enjoying at the moment was generously provided by my friends in the band 10 Speed, and our new kick-ass logo was designed by Amanda Byers. A special thank you to all of our Patreon supporters and to our generous sponsors at Mill Creek Entertainment and Vinegar Syndrome. We are on Spotify, Stitcher Radio, iTunes, Google Play, and Libsyn. You can find links to all these tremendous folks, as well as the show, in the description below. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe.